You're listening to Church Unplugged, the podcast of Christ Community Chapel. In each episode, we look at questions and topics that are related to our faith in Jesus and the way that it plays out in our everyday lives. This is a special episode. We have just begun the That's a Great Question series at CCC. And so we had eight questions about God that were voted on. Four of them have been chosen as sermons. The other four will be podcasts that we will release every Monday during the series. And this is the first one of those. So the question we're answering today is why does Christianity exclude other religions? And so Christianity makes an exclusive claim that it is the way to God. How can it say that? Why does it say that? Welcome in to Church Unplugged. Welcome into Church Unplugged. I'm Jimmy Cozy, part of the leadership team here at Christ Community Chapel. I've got with me today Val O'Brien, who works in our student ministry, leading high school ministry, Zach Wyrock, the director of Orchard NEO, and Joe Coffey, our lead pastor. Today, we are answering one of the questions from our That's a Great Question series that we voted on, and uh, the question is this, why does Christianity exclude other religions? Why does Christianity exclude other religions? All right, I want to, let me at least level the playing field. All religions exclude exactly all other religions. Say. Yeah, right. I want to jump yeah. in before you did, Zach, yeah. but uh, because every truth claim is exclusive by nature. So even when somebody says, "Oh, well, no, I believe that all religions uh, are equally true," that's a truth claim. A truth claim says that something is true, something else is false. So when they say that I believe that all religions are true, they're saying that any religion that claims to be exclusive is false. So, you know, when when somebody says that about Christianity, they're pulling out Christianity, but even as they're saying that, they're making a truth claim, and all truth claims are exclusive by nature. Like you're saying, I believe this is true, and if you don't believe this is true, you're wrong, you're wrong. so you're right. excluded from my belief of absolutely. what is true. Right. Yeah. So and let's I, at least level the playing yeah, field. Yeah, and again, to just to echo that, because I think that's absolutely true, This the reason for that sentiment is that the religions make completely and utterly different claims. Right. So you've got, you know, Buddhism, for example, that says we're all stuck in this cycle of of reincarnation and that we have to empty ourselves in order to get out of it. And, and they don't even believe in in a God. In, right. Right. Yeah, there is no, God, there is no, there's right. no, there's no divine. Then you have Hinduism, which says, yeah, the cycle of reincarnation. Yes, we want to escape, but there are thousands of gods we have to deal with in order to do that. Like that's just in the east, eastern hemisphere, and they're entirely opposite of each other. Then you add in something like Islam, which says actually there is a god, and it's about whether or not we're going to be in paradise, not whether we're going to reincarnate. So I think sometimes, honestly, those who would say, well, aren't all religions the same, and can't they just all agree, that that comes from a very naive place, an uninformed place about what the religions themselves articulate. And it's actually disrespectful to every religion, right, to say that. Yeah, Yeah, incredibly so. Yeah. As I was thinking about it, too, I was thinking about how it's exclusive towards other religions because of the truth claims that it makes, but it is the most inclusive to individual people, right. that there is nothing that excludes a person, and that's different than other faiths too. That it, you know, like God's Word tells us that it doesn't matter what your culture is, what your nation is, what your race, what your gender, what your socioeconomic level is, well, e- yeah, all are welcome to yeah, come. And even whether you're a good or a bad person, right, which is right, crazy, what you've right, when you think about right, religion. Yeah, yeah, every other religion says you are out you at least this. if you're not a good person, you're out. Right. Yeah. No, right. That's, that's a good point, Val. And I think the piggyback on that too is there's a difference between saying that Christianity believes itself to be the exclusive truth, as the way, as Joe said, anybody who says this is true is excluding all other claims that would be opposite of that. But it never actually legitimizes 
diminishing people. So the Christian worldview would say Buddhism is wrong, but Buddhists are made in the image of God and are worthy of respect. Hinduism is wrong, but Hindus are worthy of respect as people who are made in the image of God. So sometimes I think the sentiment of can't we all just get along is Christianity would say, absolutely. Saying that Buddhism, Hinduism, Islam, Judaism, et cetera, are wrong about their understanding of God is not the same as saying it's okay to discriminate against them. It's okay to diminish their personhood. It's okay to diminish their value. Not at all. In fact, this is uh, inescapably historically true, that Christians have always been at the forefront of pushing for religious liberty for all people, That because we understand people are made in the image of God and are deserving of that value. So when we say Christianity is true and Islam is false, we are not in any way saying the Muslim people aren't worthy of love and and, and respect. But I get why people uh, cringe at that because historically religions have done that to other religions and have been brutal. And I think I would, one caveat I would make is that uh, Christians have historically, when we've been true to Christianity, uh, been... uh, Not so much in the Crusades, for example. Right, right, right. right. So I get why people uh, have made the move that they have, But I think uh, what you're alluding to is the change in the whole understanding of what tolerance means. That's right. right. Tolerance always used to mean uh, that I can disagree with you, but I don't devalue you as a person. Uh, And and in some ways, that's valuing as a person to say what you say is important, and you and I can have dialogue. But now tolerance believes that I have to say you are also equally right Yeah, and it's important to say, too, from a Christian perspective, that exclusivity emanates from the person of Jesus Christ, like the idea of just taking John 1, that that Jesus is the Word. He is the one who reveals God to us. He is the one by which God is made known. And so when Christians say Christianity is true and XYZ religion is false, to Val's point, it's not because we've attained some superior status or we've studied it and we're more intellectually astute than whatever the adherents of whatever religion we're talking about. We're saying God has spoken. I always use this as an example. If I grabbed a random person and I said, I set them up in front of a crowd and I said, okay, we're going to guess things about this person. And I said, what do you think this person's favorite color is? What do you think their favorite thing to eat is? And people began to guess. Well, I think their favorite food is pizza or tacos or whatever. One guess might be more informed than the other, one guess, but we never know if it, what's right until we put the microphone up to that person and said, what's yes, your favorite yeah. food? Yeah. And then they say it's it's actually cheesecake. Then whatever else we guessed previously is invalidated. <laughs> it is inescapably cheesecake. And so what Christians are saying is before Jesus, it made sense to guess about who God was. And it made sense to say one guess isn't necessarily any better than the other. But once God spoke, then it made no sense to guess. It made only sense to listen. And that's the chief Christian claim. And that's where exclusivity comes from. I think one of the things that makes Christianity different uh, than other religions, too, is that it's a different movement. It's a different direction. Right? We believe that uh, instead of us trying to work our way to God, that God condescended to us, that Jesus came for us. And to me, that's the difference between saying uh, to somebody, here we are in you know, Cleveland, uh, what's, which way do I go to get to Columbus? Well, somebody says south, somebody says north, somebody's right, somebody's wrong. So when uh, when somebody asks me or says, you know, is, is Christianity exclude other religions or why does it exclude other religions? I'll say, name the religion and tell me how that religion tells me to get connected to God, right, or to reach paradise. I mean, they're always, 
uh, there always is a list of things to do to work your way to and to be approved by God. Christianity is a completely different movement. So Christianity is is uh, it's not just a different it's it's not just a different flavor. There's something that is uniquely, completely, radically different with Christianity than other religions. Yeah, and it's interesting to think about exclusivity and what's on the flip side of that, because it's a little bit like going to a wedding and seeing the groom up there waiting for the bride or, or saying I do to the bride and saying, wow, I can't believe that guy got up in front of a bunch of people and said he doesn't want to marry any of these other women. Right. And it's like, well, he is saying that. That's not what we're celebrating. We're celebrating that he's committing himself to this one woman, right? And I, I think the key is that the reason why Christianity is, ex- is exclusive is because the flip side of that is saying God really does want to be known. God really does want to love you. God really does want relationship with you. And he said exactly how those things can happen. So when we focus on exclusivity, we're focusing on the consequences and not the claim. Because if the claim is true, God really wants to be known, and he's made himself available in this way, well, then and certainly that the consequence of that is other ways are excluded. But why would we emphasize that over and against the idea that God really does want to be known? Again, the emphasis is the groom wants to marry the bride. God wants to be in relationship with us, not on the consequence of that and what that means for, for other religions. I think, I mean, and there's a logical fallacy in the whole conversation as well. You know, if somebody says, well, I just think every, <clears throat> every religion is a different way of looking at God. And so, you know, you see Christians see God, some parts of him, and Buddhists see it, and people who are Jewish or Islam, they all just see different aspects of who God is. But the fallacy within that is, so take, for example, a Rubik's Cube that's been solved, has six different colors on it. If you looked at it from six different directions, uh, you would say, oh, I think it's green, and oh, I think it's red, and I think it's blue. And what they're saying is, well, that's how we're looking at God. We see one side, they see one side, we're all looking at the same thing. We just, but the assumption behind that, that actually has a a pretty high level of arrogance to it is to say, I, as the one, I alone see the entire cube and I see the picture and I can tell you, which goes back to what we said at the beginning, that in and of itself is also an exclusive claim of saying, I know spiritual reality and understand it better than you do, and here's why. Yeah, and I think Christians have a, because the culture is very much so inclusive in, in every way that it can be, and the tolerance is kind of the, the new understanding of tolerance is kind of the buzzword, right? The worst thing you can say to someone is that they're wrong and you're right and that kind of thing. And so that Christians have this sense of, I don't want to be unloving. Ex- exclusivity is unloving. And I get that. I really do. I, I get the sentiment behind that. But here's the thing. If all the other religions and all the other worldviews are wrong. And if a consequence of them being wrong is that the people who hold to them will not ultimately enjoy a relationship with God, then what's unloving is to prop up this this kind of false inclusivity, this kind of false sense of isn't everybody just kind of doing their own thing. That really in a, in a culture of inclu- inclusive, inclusivity and tolerance, Christians need to be the ones saying, we love you but we love you enough to tell you there's only one way to be reconciled to God. Yeah, it's almost like the culture holds up sincerity more than truth. Like as long as what you believe, as long as you're sincere about it, that's enough. But that's not enough in any other realm in our lives. It's not enough when you're doing math. It's not enough when you're doing grammar. There, There is absolute truth, and the truth can stand on its own two feet. If you compare them, if you can pull yourself out of it, look at all the different claims that all the different religions make. If you can come to it humbly, the truth will make itself known. The truth can stand on its own two feet. Yeah, it's interesting too to use that word sincerity. So if I say that the adherents of other religions are sincere in their desire to know God, sincere in their desire to relate to God, then again, sharing the gospel with them is loving. Because it says, I'm sharing the gospel with you, not, not 
not in spite of your religious pursuit, but because of it. You, you, there's no difference than Paul in Acts 17 saying, I notice you're very religious. You've got all these statues. You even have one to an unknown God. Let me tell you about that, God, right? Paul's point is, I see that you're seeking, right? I, I see, I validate that. You're right to be seeking. There is a God, but, but you're maybe off in who, whom you're seeking. And again, I think that's what Christians are saying is it's okay to, for me to look at a Muslim and say, wow, look at their religious fervor. Look at their desire to connect to God, to relate to God. But if I really want that for them, if I want for them what they want for themselves, then I've got to point them to Jesus. And one of the huge advantages of Christianity is the resurrection, which we always go back to, I think, and we should, because it is the place where we can say, listen, uh, the way we validate our religion is not just through teaching, but through an event that happened in history. So I would challenge somebody to go back, look at the resurrection and look at the evidence for it and try to de- try to determine if that really happened. If that really happened, then Jesus Christ is who he said he is, and that changes everything. Uh, because we're not just comparing the teachings of Jesus to the teachings of Muhammad or the teachings of Jesus uh, to the teachings of Buddha. We're, uh, we're looking at Jesus Christ as something absolutely unique and special and divine, and that was demonstrated in the resurrection. And the, and the significance of that is that the resurrection not only elevates us in terms of truth, elevates Christianity in terms of truth, but also it legitimizes grace. And the reason why that's significant is one thing of saying all religions are the same, can't we let other religions, isn't it rude to say, well, Christianity is right? Here's the problem with that. Religions, except for Christianity, all have as at least partially a major mechanism being works, right? I have to do, you have the five pillars of Islam, you have the eightfold path of Buddhism, right? You have all these, all these, these pilgrimages, all these, and these things really are enslaving people. And they really are turning people's lives upside down as they try to hold out this, this, this spiritual rigor and this doing, and even then not being sure, not knowing, I hope I've done enough. I, so, so, you know, one, I think this secular view of like, aren't all religions kind of the same, which I think really is like the secular world sneering at and saying all religions are false, so aren't they really all the same? But, but I think what it misses is that actually if works are how I relate to God, I am a prisoner every moment that I must perform or I'm in danger of losing. And Christianity, therefore, invalidates that and frees people. And I think that's why it's actually good for people to say to them that that pilgrimage to Mecca will not save you. You're keeping the law will not save you. The Eightfold Path will not lead to enlightenment because what people need is to be rescued from that path, from those pillars, from the law, which is really nothing more than a death sentence to them. It it, it actually destroys people's lives. And I, I think we need to acknowledge that. And that and that grace should also impact uh, our own personal pride Absolutely. as Christians, right? Yeah. So that we never go to somebody and say and come across like I'm right, you're wrong, and be arrogant about it because we were saved by grace. Then it, that changes the way that Absolutely. we approach other. I think it's more like, hey, you're seeking God and I'm seeking God, and did you know God has spoken? Right. Let's go see what He said. Right. It's that that kind of thing. That's yeah. kind of it's kind of counterintuitive in that somebody who's you know, maybe frustrated with the claim of exclusivity of Christianity will say, well, claims of exclusivity are in some way oppressive. But in reality, the more oppressive claim is, I would say, a claim that everything is true, because then I'm oppressed by the the inability to actually know yeah. anything. 
You know, I'm, I just spend my entire life wandering, searching, choosing what seems meaningful, but not really knowing if yeah. it really is meaningful. Yeah, and you really have to go back to your Rubik's Cube analogy and say part of that too is that God chooses to hide himself from each religion. He shows them only the green, only the yellow, only the blue, so that if you grew up in Saudi Arabia, you don't know a God of grace. You only know a God of legalism and, and, and a God of earning and a God of, right? So I, I think that the the oppressive nature of that is saying, you can only know this. You're, you're limited on what you can know about God based on geography, as opposed to saying God has revealed his full character in Jesus Christ, and he wants everyone, as Val was saying, regardless of where you grew up, regardless of what you come from, regardless of who you are, he wants everyone to know all of him, not just simply one side of him. You've been listening to Church Unplugged, and one of the things we want to continue to do is make the connection between our faith in Jesus and our everyday lives. So if you have a question or topic that you'd like to hear discussed, feel free to email us at churchunplugged at ccchapel.com. And if you want more information about Christ Community Chapel, our church, you can go to our website, which is www.ccchapel.com. Thanks for listening.